Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. And uh, everybody's here, we're all talking football, talking about games from last week, talking about upcoming games, special trips to the ground. Anybody? Yeah? Hmm? Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop in reviews you want to drop. And if you've got a football fan in your life, send this podcast their way. They might even thank you for it. Right, let's get started. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast Football Podcast. Recording in progress. Those words, ladies and gentlemen, those prophetic, prophetic words that she speaks. Tell you all you need to know. Welcome along, one and all, for your weekly instalment of football-based nonsense. Obviously, I can't do this on my own. So we have Hull City's finest, Mr. Stuart Womansey. How are you, sir? Hello. I'm distinctly average, as usual. Distinctly average. He's taken on the mantra of his team's results, (laughs) I say. (laughs) <laughs> playing style, general demeanour. <laughs> He's not alone, ladies and gentlemen. He's also joined by Nottingham Forest's finest, Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Right, so for, for people keeping count, that's adequate. And then we've gone up to good. <clears throat> this this we're on a we're on an upward trajectory. So we are, do we do have a final, a final participant this week, and it is the adjudicator extraordinaire. That is Mr. Andrew Cook, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew, how are you? As always, fantastic. Just ready to talk some football. Born ready, wasn't I? Oh, just, just all, all the time. All the time. So obviously, usually this is about the time where I'd basically bemoan the fact that Middlesbrough still don't have a manager after however many weeks of trying to uh, appoint one. But I would be lying as this Monday... Middlesbrough bit the bullet and decided to appoint their new manager, Michael Carrick, officially through the door. So he takes over on, I believe, which was announced in his press conference, on a two-and-a-half-year deal, or end-of-this-season-and-two-more-seasons deal, as was said in the press conference. He brings with him a first-team coach by the name of Jonathan Woodgate. Now, if you're thinking, huh, that name sounds awfully familiar, think back to three three or four seasons ago, and he was the Middlesbrough manager. So we were trying to rack our brains and think, hmm, has there ever been a guy who's gone back to a club where he used to be the manager, but now he's not the manager, but he's sort of in charge, but he's not sort of in charge. So, and I was like, well, maybe. I can't, I can't imagine it's never happened before. Don't think it's happened after two and a half years where some of the players that he signed are still in the first team. That's going to pre- that's gonna create a very confusing message for me. But, listen, it's a path that's been trodden before from Manchester United to Middlesbrough. It's worked the last two times. I've done it with Brian Robson and Steve McLaren. So let's hope that it's... Uh, Three for three on that regard. I can kick on. 
Part of me wonders whether Five Live have slipped Middlesbrough a fiver because he was a pundit on Five Live. Dear God. Oh, yes. Wasn't his strongest suit, let's put it that way. I mean, every every cliche, he, he just uh, maybe he just got to the point where in the last match he's like, listen, lads, I've just got to the book, end of my book of cliche, footballing cliches that I can roll out during my commentary. I don't think I can do another game. I'm going to have to go back to Middlesbrough have offered me a job. Uh, I'm going to go back there, thanks. <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. All I can really remember about listening to him on the commentary was always a case of blah, 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 passage of play, blah, 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 blah. Well, as a former defender, blah, 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 blah. That's all he ever used to get in was the fact that he once played football. And it was like, really, Jonathan, you only, you only stopped playing football about eight seasons ago. So we actually know this, mate. We're not, we're not like, you know, our brains, our brains span isn't that short. Basically, on his Real Madrid career, Bill himself as a former defender is high praise for himself, isn't it? Jesus Christ. I, I don't know whether the, uh, the, the the viewership has just gone up in Madrid or... We can, well, well, Mr Cook, you'll have to let us know. You'll have to... Uh, you know, I'll, check the, the, I'll, uh, I'll check the numbers and I'll get back yeah, to you on that one. Please, if you wouldn't mind. But yes, that's that's your Middlesbrough managerial update. So in theory, I shouldn't have any managerial updates to give you for at least ooh, two games, maybe. Any uh, any news behind the fence at Hull, Mister Woodmansey? Um, no, we are now a month in with no manager. Um, the the latest name this week to be linked is former defender. And I was going to say defender of the club, but he's not fucking he, man. Um, is <laughs> uh, Liam Rossinia. So uh, a name that will be popular in uh, certain quarters of this podcast, I am sure. Hmm. So, yeah, it's a weird one for me that I, I, if they're going to give it to him, I don't understand why they don't just let Dawson have it himself. But I don't know. I don't know if Dawson necessarily wants it full time is the impression that I get. Is... Would the argument be made that Rossini has at least had some form of like hands-on first-team coaching experience outside of the club? Uh, if you, I suppose if yeah, but it's also it'd be a bit like asking the guy who was the captain of the Titanic to come and sort of run your team, wouldn't it? Like he was always on a bit of a bit of a loser there. I don't know his maritime credentials, to be honest with you. Ah, yeah, but that that he was handed. So when he was handed the job at Derby, it was after Rooney had gone to take the American dollars, wasn't it? Um, so they were already a little bit shafted by that point. So I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm a little bit nonplussed by the decision, and if he's now the favourite. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I, I, again, a lot of time for him as a player. It was it was great for us as a player. Um, I, I cannot tell you the amount of times that people in the stands during his uh, time there. Definitely not racist and definitely still called him Leroy for his entire time that he was there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I always, always like to watch him play. But management-wise... I guess, in a sense, it's it's almost very similar to the, the 
the Carrick appointment in the sense of he's had a lot of experience at kind of maybe like the under twenty ones kind of like you like you, you know the younger side set up. So he's got he's got some experience in that regard, and they've got to get their crack somewhere to to begin with. Like they, they need that break, and if this is his, it, who knows? He might take it and he might hit the ground running, the same as you know that Carrick might uh, for you guys. But it's weird because before the whole thing was announced about Woodgate, we were just talking about just the appointment in general, kind of smacked of the Woodgate thing last time around when he was the manager it was a bit like oh you know he's a young guy we'll give him his chance there and but, but like like I said they've, they've, they've got to they've got to start somewhere I get I get that I get what you're saying the, the only thing <laughs> I'd say obviously the difference this time is obviously that Carrick has come from external whereas mm. obviously Woodgate was in the setup under uh, under Tony Pulis mm. so I'd obviously had I'd had the experience of working with a lot of the first team squad when he took the job <coughs> when Pulis got sacked or well didn't get his contract renewed if you want to look at that I just need uh, to get out I just need to blow the dust off the uh, Tony Pulis count and add two to it yeah <laughs> I, I can probably find I it. mean give me, that's, give me two seconds that's not been on the count of the podcasts uh, since dare I say the days when the podcast was done live and in person so the tracksuit's coming back, ladies and gentlemen. Sure oh, the tracksuit—the the end of season forfeit that just never was needed, I suppose. The the one thing I will say about the, the management position that the uh, the ex Swansea manager—I'm going to blatantly butcher his name—Carlos Carlos, Carlos Carvajal—he uh, is no longer in contention for any management job for any of our teams on the basis of that he's now the West Brom manager. No, that's Carlos Corberan. Uh, yeah, that's what I, uh, that's what I tried to say, and you said somebody else. So I just went with your uh, your your greater pronunciation. The guy, yeah, the guy who's taken over West Brom is the guy who was the Huddersfield manager. Okay, that one as well. Then all of the Carlos's not is, managing. Is, is your name Carlos? Did you once manage a football league team? Yes, then you can have a job at West Brom. Basically, apparently, yeah, apparently so. I mean. Uh, it wasn't quite the same recruitment process for Steve Bruce. It's, never mind. So, Middlesbrough, done, dusted, Hull, still waiting. Have there been any incomings or outgoings in the Nottingham Forest carousel at this particular time? No, the good ship Forest is pretty kind of steady at the moment. Of course, we're getting our like, 10, 15 signings for the Christmas lined up. So we've got Scott. So apparently we've got some guy already on a pre-contract agreement, ready to come in in January. Then we're eyeing up some Brazilian youth who uh, uh, is apparently very good. Uh, but apart from that, no, no, it's all pretty steady. With the Brazilian guy, is he going to be one of these these deals where they've signed him, but it turns out he's actually only like seventeen, so he has to stay there for another eighteen months until he's old enough that he can come over or something? Like that? I don't know. Um, I think I think by the look of it, because there's other clubs in for him, um, the Gomez or something like that. That that he's, I think he must be a ready-made, set to go kind of thing. So yeah, just apart from that, nothing exciting in in comings and goings this week. Or just just a thought. Built. Sorry, just as a thought on that. Obviously, with the World Cup coming up just before Christmas, and therefore just before the January transfer window. 
how do we think that's going to sit in the sense of is it going to even further artificially inflate prices? Are people going to come back absolutely knackered from the World Cup and really not asked about moving clubs? Like, what? I can't work out which way it's going to go, if it's going to make things better or worse. It's like, well, it's gonna be, some of it's going to probably be like the ultimate kind of thing, like when Carol Poborski was all set to join Stoke before, nine, the, the, before Euro 96 for like a million. And then he had an awesome, uh, had an awesome Euros, and then went to United instead for about five. So yeah, this probably that'll probably happen. Someone will play really well in the World Cup and score some goals. Yeah, and you'll see that striker go from. Uh, you always get one. There's always one who has a really good tournament and then becomes the flavor of the month. It's always going to happen, and someone's going to end up getting severely burned, and it'll probably be a championship club that's up towards the top, who overpays for a striker, who got like four goals in three games or something against Iran. It's yeah, it's gonna it's gonna end in tears because it normally does, and it's going to be weird because obviously we've never had a World Cup that's fallen in the season before, Mm. so. Some, there's, there's going to be at least one big injury where it's going to have a knock-on effect and one team's going to panic. Unless it's Harry Maguire, and in which case Man United fans will be doing backflips. <laughs> well, probably the the, uh, the less said about that, the better. So, <laughs> our updates for our respective clubs in the hot seat are done. We will move to last week's Week 13 match predictions. We start with what we all felt was going to be the massacre at the city ground. Mr. Moore, how bad did this one go? I start this by saying apparently Forrest did make their 21st signing before the game. Uh, because apparently Virgil van Dijk plays in defence for Forrest now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think I, 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 I didn't watch the game uh, but I, I listened to the game I watched the highlights I think Forrest you know, we, we kind of spoke about it for a while kind of going back to what made them successful last year and I think that's what they've done I think they've gone back for that solid at the back building, playing on the counter attack and I think that's what they did in this game again I mean I guess I make the kind of mockery of Van Dyke. he had Three guilt edge chance, guilt edge chances, and two of those for some reason he laid across the box, um, and one of them was an absolute worldy save from uh, Henderson. But I think you know Forrest, in in some ways as well, Nunes was off was out injured, so that kind of you know lift people went back go back and listen to last week's uh, predictions. He features heavily in the in the predictions. Um, but yeah, so I think Forrest grew into the game uh, and then just after half-time, a kind of training ground free kick was worked and a one-yi. I mean, that ball, you know, Paul makes the predictions of him coming off the left knacker or something like that. That lad at some point this season is 100% going to score with his left knacker because that ball just hits him and ends up going goalwards and sometimes it goes in or, as he did on the weekend, Neatly tucked away the rebound. It was quite a nice finish. Um, 
but he's got a lot of praise as well. I think kind of a lot of a lot of strikers and a lot of pundits have said that he, you know the amount of work that he put in and the amount of effort that he put in for Forest was was kind of you know was really good and it, it provided that outlet that I think we've talked about in previous weeks about them not having and the fact that the ball was just going out and then coming back in. Um, I suppose something I should have led with at the start was their podcast favourite Brennan Johnson uh, was dropped for the game. He was on the bench. Um, this match, but did manage to hit the post right at the end of the game with the goal uh, empty, shall we say? Um, yeah, and then the game finished with Dean Henderson jumping in with the crowd and giving the middle bird to somebody. Apparently, a lot of people were saying it was towards Liverpool fans. It wasn't because it was the opposite way around. But I, I, I presume maybe it was a family member who is a Liverpool fan who was sat in with the uh, Forest families. So, <laughs> slightly better, I would say. Kind of. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's, you know it's even better. You know it's even better when it's uh, when it's someone that you know personally that you just absolutely rinse. It was, it, it was the good old point with the big goalkeeper glove <laughs> and then the... and giving it the middle bird. <laughs> and you're like... Uh, personal one, that one. <laughs> but yeah, so Forest... Much against all of our predictions, I think. Uh, Forest win one nil. Um, they certainly did, and in varying different degrees. All of us had predicted a Liverpool win. Myself three nil, Stu four nil, Matt five nil, Andy two one. Andy, they're the only person to give Forest a goal. Sadly, it was not Johnson. Therefore, no points across the board. We move to the northeast, where Middlesbrough took on Huddersfield Town. <sighs> Not a great deal to talk about in this one. Um, didn't see the game. Haven't seen the highlights. Doesn't sound like I've missed much. The game finished nil-nil. I did see a couple of clips which, obviously, these, this has been seen off Middlesbrough Twitter, so I assume it's been a case of let's clip the best bits together and make it look as if Borough were robbed, dot, dot, dot. But a um, couple, uh, couple of dubious challenges, shall we say, in and around the box. A couple of... Um, couple of what looked like blatant handballs in and around the box. Could argue they may have had a couple of penalties, but I haven't seen the chances that Huddersfield have missed in the game and things like that. Um, yeah, not not really a great deal to say on this one, with it being a, a nil-nil. Um, Matt had picked a 2-1 Middlesbrough win. No points right there. Andy had picked a 1-0 Middlesbrough win. No, no points there. There were two sensible people in this group who saw out this game and saw, hang on a second, this has got nil-nil written all over it. And that is how it came to pass. So both myself and Stu get ourselves two points apiece. We move to our final game of the week and let's hug there's a little bit more to talk about in this one, otherwise this podcast will be very boring. 
It was Rotherham United taking on Hull City. And I can see from the score in front of me, this definitely was not a Middlesbrough nil, Huddersfield nil game. Was it, Mr Woodmansey? Certainly was not. Um, so, collectively across the two games so far, one goal to mention. In the whole game, there were six goals in total. So, uh, definitely value for money. The, uh, sky, the sky right up had billed it as a very entertaining contest. Um, where apparently Hull swept aside the uh, the home team. Um, yeah, it, it's a bit of a funny one because it, it waited until right before half time to get going. Um, so Jacob Greaves scored the first on forty four minutes, and it was a bit of a sort of a duffed corner. Really, ended up in the six yard box. Cue the pinball football, and eventually he just hooked it in. Um, he was there till it going off his ass. <laughs> well, it is his, it's, it's something like his first goal in like two hundred odd appearances. So he's been he's been waiting all that time to score his first goal for City, and you usually get a centre half scoring a header off a corner at some point. No, this was just a, a toe poke from about four and a half yards. Um, however, the the lead only lasted about three minutes uh, because Daniel Barlazer, Balaza, Blair for Rotherham <laughs> scored the equaliser just before the halftime whistle, which uh, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, fuck's sake, here we go again. Um, I think there was a point in, the, obviously, the Blackpool game the, the week before where, yes, Hull won, but they had this thing about if they went in front, they didn't lead for very long um, up until that point. And even the commentator mentioned it, that they they led for, for, for something like nine minutes at Blackpool before they equalised at the time. Uh, yeah, this only lasted three. So, um, yeah, not not really filling everybody with confidence just before half-time. Cue the second half, where I, I believe they'd gone school playground rules with uh, take the keeper out, because it just went nuts. Um, so yeah, an, another first City goal for one of the players who hasn't had to wait 200 odd games, but Cyrus Christie on 52 minutes, keeping the podcast connection going. Uh, then uh, particular favourite of Andy, seven minutes later, Logman pops up, there he is, 3-1. And then, just taking the piss at this point, 85 minutes, 4-1, two fan scores after coming on as a sub. Um, and then we reverted to type, switched off and let them score another goal just before the end. So it finished. Uh, Georgie Kelly, um, they said that never trust somebody with two first names. Not sure how it works when it's two girls' first names in a men's football team. Is what it is. Um, but yeah, it finished 4-2 to Hull. Um, I was in Rotherham at the time uh, this game was going on. Unfortunately, not at the stadium. So, uh, yeah, they're mad. Close, but no cigar and all that. I'm, I'm happy with the three points. He's happy with the three points there. Does he end up with any points in his prediction? Both Matt and Andy had gone with, excuse me, 1-1 one, one draws on this one. Matt with Ogbeni to score for Rotherham and Pelcast to score for Hull City. No points, no goal scorers. Andy, 1-1. One, one. Eves to score for Rotherham 
Estupinian to score for Hull City. And no points there. Andy was um, Andy was close because Eves did set up their uh, second goal, so it was he still had to he had to get the boot in there somewhere. Did old uh, Thomas? We'll give him a moral point for the assist. For those of you keeping track of moral points, let us know at the end of the season how many each one's got. <laughs> I had a friend at the gate. Well, Rich was at the game. He'd gone to the pub beforehand, and the landlord in said pub said, if Eve scores for us, you can come back in here afterwards and I won't buy you all a pint. So he's clearly as good for Rotherham as he was for us. <laughs> Strange that. If only someone had pointed that out on the podcast. Anyway, we'll move on. I had gone for a 2-1 Rotherham win. How very foolish of me. I had gone for Eves and Barlazer to score for Rotherham and Cynic to score for Hull. So... Don't get any points for the result, but I do get myself a cheeky point for a correct goal scorer. Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. Strolling into town with his 1-0 Hull City win prediction. With his two fan to score prediction. Thinking he's the dog's bollocks and taking away his two points to get his four points for the week and take the win. Well done, sir. Well done to you. Thank you. Very nice. That, ladies and gentlemen, is your week 13 predictions done and dusted. We move on to week 14. Four games to predict here. So we'll make a start where we left off from week 13 with Hull City taking on Blackburn Rovers. He's Mr. Woodmansey's team, so he will go last. As, as, is, as is customary on the podcast, I'll jump in first as I've got the book right here in front of me. Uh, unfortunately for Mr. Uh, Woodmansey, I'm going for a 2-0 Blackburn Rovers win on this one with Brereton and Gallagher to score the goals. Mr. Cook. 1-0 to Hull. And your goal scorer, please. Estupinan. Mr. Moore. I've gone for a 2-1 Blackburn win. Goal scorers? Longman for Hull. I feel like you and Andy have like swapped scorers here. Uh, Brereton Diaz. Because that's what it says on his shirt. Yes, shit. <laughs> uh, and Gallagher. Ah, me and Matt have gone for exactly the same goal scorers. Oh, no, actually. Oh, yeah. I've gone for Brereton. Whereas you've gone for some weird guy's name. I've gone for the actual striker who plays up front. For Straight Blackburn. up. That's how it says on the Not recognised by the yeah. podcast. Uh, Mr Woodmansey, what is your prediction for your team here, sir? Well, I'd like... I've, 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 I've been positive the last two weeks and look what's happened. So, I thought I'd... Um, yeah, absolutely not do that this time. So, Hull 1, Blackburn 3. Mm. Uh, I've gone for Pelkas birthday boy as well as at time of recording um, and we go for Brereton Gallagher and Pickering I'm assuming it's not Ronnie but you know well he is in all yep and uh, let's be honest do you know who I am no <laughs> nobody <laughs> cares to our second game of the week which takes place with Preston North End taking on Middlesbrough my team, I will go last. <clears throat> Mr. Cook, what have you got down for this one? The PNA 
will not be scoring a goal. Ooh, I'm putting nil for that first one. Middlesbrough, on the other hand, they're going to put one past them. Just the one. And I, I can say it every week. I'm going to keep saying his name until he actually scores for Middlesbrough and I can pick someone else. But fours. You never know. New manager coming in might like what he sees in that training pitch. Uh, Stu. Uh, I have gone for a Preston 1, Middlesbrough 2. I've gone for Reese for Preston and Tubes and Housen for Borough. You're, you're all all in on Johnny Housen getting a goal this season, aren't you? It, well, it, surely you've got to get a penalty at some point and he's going to stamp his authority on that. He won't be on penners. Well, he bloody well should be. <laughs> I'll let you put the... Um... The word in the Carrick's ear. Um, you heard it here first, Michael. Get housing on penners. Uh, Mr Moore. I have gone for a one-all draw. Interesting. I was, I was, I was, I was tempted to go with a nil-nil. But <laughs> that, is, that is the go-to when it comes to Preston games. Well, then I looked, I looked through the results and they have been conceding and scoring some goals recently. So I was like, oh, well, yeah, no, we'll go with one each, one-all instead, so... Yeah, recent what more? Ladies and gentlemen, the predictions are almost identical. I too have gone for a 1 1 draw with Reese and Akpom to get the goal. Our penultimate game of the week takes us to the capital where Arsenal, or the Arsenal if you're a, you know more than 70 years old, take on Nottingham Forest. Obviously, it's Mr. Moore's team. He will go last. I'll jump straight in here. I have gone for a 3-0 Arsenal win on this one with Jesus, Stu's favourite, Martinelli and Erdegaard to get the goals. Speaking of Mr. Woodmansey, what's your prediction, sir? Uh, I think Arsenal may switch some things around having that really horrible 1-1 draw against Southampton last weekend. So, I've gone for a 2-0 Arsenal win. Sorry, Matt. Um, I've gone for Nketiah and Partey. Partey! Nketiah. Partey. Mr. Cook. So, bear, bear with me on this one. Remember how not advised beat Liverpool? <coughs> Arsenal nil, Nottingham Forest one. I don't even need to say it. There's only one man who was ever going to score for Nottingham Forest. Getting his reprieve? Absolutely. Straight off the He's bench. Back in the first team. Straight off the bench, banging in goals. The casual lolly banger, ladies and gentlemen. Brendan Johnson. If only, if only Lolly was still there to smack in a free kick. Go on then, Mr. Miller. Give us the lowdown. Joe Lolly scored, scored this weekend for Sydney, whatever they're called. Why, yeah. Roosters, but that's the egg chasing team. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he scored for them too, who knows? <laughs> I mean, that penalty that he uh, that penalty that he took for in the playoff final definitely would have uh, been a good conversion. Um <laughs> I've gone for a 3-1 Arsenal win. Scorers? Uh, Jesus with two. And Martinelli with the other. Yeah. And Gibbs-White sneaking one. 
I mean, it's it's, it's got to be coming soon, hasn't it? Surely. Surely. I've seen a bit of all few times now. It doesn't look like it, but you know. <laughs> we do have one more game to go through this week. However, I do feel this may take more time than, not to peek behind the curtain too much, but the current time allotted allows us. So we are going to take a very small commercial free break before we come back to dive into Hull City versus Middlesbrough. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Recording. Recording in progress. Oh, sorry. I didn't see you come back in there. So. It's all good. Don't know why she's getting involved. (laughs) Um, before Before the break we left, where we had one game left to predict. And it just so happens to be the podcast derby that we can get this season. It is the first of two. Hull City versus Middlesbrough. Obviously, it's mine and Mr. Woodman's team. So, as he is the home team, I will let him have the advantage of whether he wants to pick last or pick second last. And when I say pick, I, of course, mean predict. So, I'll, I'll go last then. And then you, when it comes to the reverse fixture, the, the home team can have the... Uh... Excellent. So, Mr. Cook, what have you got for this one? There was only one possible way to score this one. Hull City won Middlesbrough won. How very diplomatic of you, sir. Yeah. Uh, your Hull City goal scorer, please. Long man. <laughs> and considering that he's obviously scored against Preston, I'm assuming you're not picking false. Chuba. Old boy rule, innit? Oh my god, of course it is. I'm going to now pretend that I knew that. <laughs> Mr. Moore. What have you got for this one? I also have uh, splinters in my arse because I'm going to sit on the fence as well and go for a one-all draw. And your goal scorers? Estepignon. Yes? I feel like he's been left out in the cold for a while. Old Crooksy. Crooksy. Is he? Has he been suspended or injured? No, he's been, um, I think, oh, maybe he was suspended for the last game. But I know that he's been playing with a hernia. Ah. Uh, but he's obviously either been getting injections for it or it's in a position where he's finding it manageable. Mm, Never had a hernia before. Don't know how painful they are. Depends where, quite where it is because yeah. they can sort of tip it. Not well, not tape it in, but they can put supports on the car if it's in the right place. Yeah, I so had him an extra help him out with that uh, that particular problem. <laughs> no attempt, no amount of tape could hide that thing. <laughs> <laughs> female, uh, female watchers of the podcast are now um, clamouring for any sort of uh, Google image search that they can get hold of. I have gone. 
very diplomatically down the route of a 2-2 draw on this one. You never know, there might be goals. I've gone for Tufan and Estepinian to score for Hull and Watmore and Munis to score for the Borough. We'll let Mr Woodmancy give his prediction and then we'll have a little bit of a chatter about this one as I may be in attendance for this one. I wanted to sit on a fence. I, I have it written on my paper as being sat on the fence, but the longer this has gone on, the more I'm thinking... Was I being nice or do I just play for some points here? So, I will go for a Hull 1-0 win and just hope to fuck that it happens. <laughs> Goal scorer? Um, having met the big smiley gentleman earlier this week, I will go for Esther Pinion. About time he pulled one back in it because he's not scored for a few weeks now. He has not been. He has not scored. He has not troubled the scorers for the last couple of weeks. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The week fourteen predictions done. Obviously, as the last game of the week considers uh, both teams. Uh, like I said, there is a possibility that I may be going to this game. So, obviously, it, as it will be in Hull, if 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 you fancy the, uh, the 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 short trip and can get hold of a ticket once I've got mine, you are more than welcome to join me. Well, I, I mean, I, it was discussed briefly on our uh, text earlier on, and obviously, seeing as you don't want to sit with me because of last time, um, nothing to do with the fact that you got your pants pulled down that day. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. That's not a, like a, a linked thing. He means in the football. I didn't physically have my pants pulled down. It's just a just like to clarify that for all the people listening. That's, that has been a long time, and technically it was in a different competition. No, that was the league game the last time I went. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, think, I'm thinking of when we came up to your place at the FA Cup game. You you actually sat in the home end that, that day as well, actually, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's, with it being midweek, it's a little, bit, a little bit more tricky, but I don't know. It's, it's also then having a spare 30 quid to... <laughs> to do that too right at the uh, mm, yeah we'll see we'll see but um, man I don't know like, oh, this was the game that I got to go to last season because this was my uh, my lad's first ever live football um, and Hull won 2-0 last season at home um, did Middlesbrough so, Middlesbrough obviously realising that it was the boys first day so decided let's give them yeah, a, nice, uh, a nice good experience it was very kind of them. So, if there are any Middlesbrough players, staff, any, anything to do with the upper upper management, my boys might go again on <laughs> midweek, just in case. Well. Well, well, well. <laughs> Obviously, from a podcast perspective, it would be nice for either myself or Mr Woodmancy to get bragging rights on this one. But nice and diplomatically, a draw would also do, I suppose, and keep everybody happy. Let's... Let, let's be fair though either one well either team the, the for how tight that division is at the moment either team need those points because I was thinking back to back wins that, that, that'll make things feel more comfortable then you look at the league table and you're like holy shit that is depressing so to put it in perspective Middlesbrough are currently 21st in the table they have played 16 games and have 17 points from those 16 games Hull 
are in 16th place, having played 16 games and have 20 points from those 16 games. The team in 6th, which is Millwall, occupying a playoff spot, are only 6 points better off than Hull. So just to clarify, if Hull win 2 games and uh, Millwall lose 2 games, Hull could be in the playoffs. This league is ridiculous. It, it, it's insane at the moment. Like, but then again, like it was even for, from Matt's sort of perspective, it, the bottom half of the the bottom half to the sort of maybe what eighth of the Premier League. I was, just looking, at, I was just looking at that now. Like Fulham are seventh, and they've got they've got eighteen points, and Forest are bottom, and they got nine. So like, what three wins, mm. and that. You know, I, I don't know. I was I was thinking about this the other day, and just sport just seems drunk this year. You know, I'm sure you. It's, I'm sure it's probably been discussed on the Laces Out podcast, the NFL podcast, how the NFL is drunk this year, and football also seems to be drunk this year. That I, you can't kind of make a prediction. Like <coughs> Forest winning on Saturday obviously took us off the bottom, and I was like, oh, nice. That's lovely. And I think then I sent a message to you guys. Don't worry, we bought them by the end of the weekend. And I, I thought that. But then I was like, no, it's not, it's not actually going to happen. And then every, see, it would appear that every single club around us would. Um, it's mental. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> it's crazy. But that's uh, these are the times we're living in, ladies and gentlemen. That... Unless uh, any of these lovely gentlemen have any else to bring to the party, which I believe Mr. Wubberty has put his hand up, does indeed. Yeah, just just a little note on uh, my experiences this week with we, we, me and uh, the, the wife and kids went to an open training session at the uh, MKM Stadium. And it was all free. Um, it was put on by the club. Even posted the tickets out at no cost to the uh, to the fans, which was a nice little gesture. Um, training started at midday. I mean, clearly the shop was open well before that, so you know they, were, they weren't entirely that. Uh, and they also decided that they would open pretty much most of the lower west stand to accommodate all the fans, which was which was a decent turnout. Um, just. As a side note, because they issued tickets, that means they, you know, they had a rough idea. I mean, no, no, they knew exactly how many people were coming, and uh, opened one food stand for the entire duration. So my good lady wife decided that she would very kindly go and get me and the boys a drink, and queued for forty-five minutes, missing most of the training session. So not only did she then need that drink, but also deserves a bloody medal for doing it. So um, it was great. It was in. It was definitely interesting to see the training um, from being there as like a parent's perspective. The kids bloody loved it. Um, they they got to have their photo with uh, Rory the Tiger, which was a particular highlight. Um, I was interested to see how when they held up their autograph book to said mascot, how he would actually sign in a book. You know, you know, not to not to spoil the illusion too much, but there's a bit going on there for him to hold a pen. Um, but he pulled it off with ease, so you know, um, he, 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 he
actually actually wrote his name, which I was uh, very impressed with because you know we are in Hull before anybody says. Um, then <laughs> there was the training was interesting, for, like to see what like they, they had different bits laid out across different areas of the pitch, um, where they moved from like drill to drill, and then ultimately had like a little mini match or three mini matches to finish. Um, some of it was definitely about getting the ball from back to front because they were passing through the ranks, but whenever they got near the goal, they then just gave it back to the opposition, not just because they're shit, they were actually doing that on purpose. Um, so there was definitely some some sort of, like, you know, pass and move kind of stuff going on there, but they did, they did finish with the game, um, which instantly Sam was, he, he, he was not messing around, he picked a team. Didn't care. Orange bibs for the win. Um, and God knows what score it was in the end because they were just, I think because they had a crowd, they were just shooting from anywhere, uh, <laughs> which was hilarious. Um, but yeah, it was overall the training stuff was cool. Uh, they had arranged a signing session as well, so the lads were, were quite happy and excited that we were going to get to meet some footballers afterwards. And again, just slightly from an organisational standpoint, um, Understand that the training session was at midday and they trained for about an hour and a half. Um, so, you know, they'd, they'd need a shower, probably want something to replenish the energy. Uh, but they'd, they'd penned in the uh, signing session to begin at quarter past two. Um, everybody went and stood in the queue. All fine. The signing session began... At around 25 past three. So it was a little bit... We heard all sorts of stuff from the staff there as well. From they're just running late. Or some of them took a long time to finish their dinner. Um, But then maybe if if they do it again, maybe put like a band or like some local entertainment or something on whilst they're busy smashing up their shreddies. or maybe Paul, maybe they may even have Weetabix, who knows, because, you know, big fan of the biscuits at this end. Um, but, um, but yeah, it, it was it was good, it could definitely have been better, but uh, my, two, my lads got to meet their two favourite players, and yeah, all, all was, the, the long wait was forgotten uh, once they got to uh, have their picture taken with uh, Louis Coyle and with, uh, with, with Oscar. Oscar Rest opinion, so and and all of them were lovely. To be fair, there was not not one grumpy face amongst the entire squad that we saw, and we met. They split the squad into two halves. That's because um, they were well the fed time. and well rested by that point. Well, yeah, exactly. Some of them, and they probably had time for a fucking nap by the time that they got there. Um, but yeah, they split the squad into two halves, and we just got lucky that both of the players that the lads wanted to see ended up being in our half. But because of the time restrictions and the way it was organised, we then couldn't go and join the queue for the other half of the team. Um, so that was that was a little bit. But o- overall, on the whole, it was good. Could just be a little bit better next time. So if anybody is listening from Hull City, take that as your review. But yeah, enjoyed it. Hey, go and do have a nice little uh, good news story to finish on this week. And, uh, you know, fair play to Hull for putting that on. Let's uh, hope more more of our clubs do something similar to that in the uh, in the near future. All that's left then, ladies and gentlemen, is for me to thank these three lovely gentlemen for joining me again this week to uh, take through the ins and outs, the ups, the downs, 
mainly the downs of, uh, of our uh, respective football teams. Obviously, um, some of them have taken a turn for the better over the last couple of weeks. Long may it continue. Join us again next week where we'll break it all down once again and give you some more delicious content. But until then, it's bye-bye from us. Goodbye. So there you go, what do you think of that? Another one done, another week of games gone, another week of games to come. Oh, all the football in one place. Thank you for listening, thank you for watching. One last thing before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop reviews and uh, just share the podcast around. If you're in the mood for a website, you can check out the cookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button for you to get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.